0: and welcome back to another episode of me time with me emma
1: and me maya
0: we're so happy to have you here with us this week we've got another collab for you um because i know you've been loving them and this week it's uh one of my best friends hannah who is also a fellow student at the university of edinburgh she studies biomedical sciences i got that right didn't i yeah Um, We love
1: women in STEM. Yeah, we do love
0: women in STEM. Um, But she also went to school with me before uni. So we've known each other for a while. Um, And Hannah is half German and half Australian. So we wanted to talk about bilingualism, identity, um, kind of sense of belonging, and just kind of get into that nitty gritty. So welcome, Hannah. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for this episode actually because, um well, I don't want to don't want to steal the show, but bilingualism identity is like something that I've always wanted to talk about. So let's,
1: well, let's I guess, get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Emmett um, ties in with you because like you're half French, half English. Yeah. So you guys are really just out here like pioneering for the like bilingualism. Yeah.
0: But also, I feel like Mayo, you can relate because you've lived in Spain, you've lived like you've lived in different countries. You've had to kind of also countries that don't necessarily speak English so you've had to kind of adapt in that way
1: so I think it's definitely something that I know we're going to get into this whole idea of like where you consider home to be I've always found that Mm. such a Mm. fascinating concept and I'm sure you guys will have your thoughts on it but I thought Hannah maybe you could like introduce yourself and just kind of give the listeners a bit of bit about who you are
2: yeah so um as Emma said I'm half German and half Australian so my mum is German um and my dad is Australian and they both grew up in their respective countries um and they met out in Australia and they kind of worked all over the place but then ended up settling in England and before I was born they went to Germany so that I was born in Germany but we basically came back to the UK pretty much a month after I was born I think or two um and I've actually just grown up in the UK since then and my younger brother was born in London. Cool and do you speak German? yeah yeah i do so i've grown up speaking it um uh from since i was little so my mom taught me german at the same time as my dad taught me english um which a lot of people find kind of weird but i guess it's just what you grow up with like you just learn it as you go like people learn english as they go so yeah
1: yeah and also like when you're a child like your brain is like such a sponge it just like sucks up like all the knowledge yeah like i just picked it up as a kid and
2: now learning i mean like I'm fluent, but there's sort of small gaps just that you get by not living in the country, in country. and like being surrounded with people speaking it and kind of trying to fill those gaps is so much harder the older I get, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would 100% agree with that. Also, I don't know if you find this, but because I mainly speak French to my mum and like sometimes to my dad and my brother, but like it's in very specific environments. So like I could not speak, I don't know, like about certain things in French, like science or whatever, because I've never had to speak to my mom about that. But other things like just family, relationships, arguments, all those I can do great in French.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the sort of more technical terms and talking about big issues in society, I find kind Mm -hmm. of difficult and so when I'm speaking about things like that with my mum, I'll often sort of slip into, like, in German, we call it Denglish, like, <laughs> a mix of um, German and yeah, English. Yeah, we call
1: it Franglais at <laughs> Find that, like, when you're at university then, do you use like, do you use your German less? Do you have German friends at university that you talk to? or?
2: Um, I don't. I haven't really met anyone mm. German at uni, I don't think. So, yeah, I do. I mean, I FaceTime my mum quite a lot when I'm at uni and I try my best to kind of stick with the German and not slip mm. out of it. Um, but I definitely do improve when I'm home over summers. Um, I do yeah. notice that, especially if I'm lucky enough to go to see my grandparents or spend some time in Germany. Um, when you're kind of surrounded by German the whole time and you're forced to speak it the whole time, you improve even just over a few weeks. Like I find that Yeah, it comes back so
0: quickly, two weeks yeah. later and it's like, it feels kind of native again. You, like yeah. you are native, but like, I don't know, it feels way more fluent, um,
2: at least for me. And you're sort of pushed out of the normal topics that you talk about at home as well
1: so yeah so if you're half German then how connected do you feel to your Australian side because that's so cool Mm. like have you obviously have you holidayed in Australia Mm. a lot or
2: yeah so when I was younger we used to go more often especially when my grandparents were alive because we'd go to visit them Um, and that was we sort of went once every year or every two years until I was about I want to say 10 maybe and then we went a lot less frequently so then um there was sort of a so we went 2012 and then there was a gap and then my dad moved out there for a bit um for just a year and then I haven't been back since 2015 so it's been quite a while um -hmm. because we were quite used to going frequently when we were younger um and I definitely did feel a connection to my Australian side and I still do because I've got relatives out there so, obviously, you yeah. feel that kind of, like, familial mm-hmm. connection. Um, we're not super close to... Well, I'm not super close to the relatives that are out there at the moment, um, but I was to my grandparents, so the connection yeah. was definitely stronger at that point. Um, and my dad is, um, like, he feels very Australian. Is, yeah. is there,
1: like, a part of the Australian culture that you miss that you find, like, you can't get, like, in the UK? Because, obviously, like, they both speak English, mm-hmm. but is there, like, a, like, are they very different cultures in that regard?
2: To be fair, I think... I probably can't say that much on that because I've never lived there for like a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Um I've only ever yeah. really holidayed there for sort of 3 weeks at the most. But mm. I feel like the lifestyle is different there in some areas, but at the same time it's so big, like it's bigger than Europe, you know, yeah. as a as a continent as a country um that there's quite a lot of differences even within Variation. it. So I think it'd yeah. be quite hard to sort of know until you've lived in in an area there or in multiple areas there.
1: What part of Australia is your dad from?
2: Um, so he's from New South Wales originally, um, a town sort of between Melbourne and Sydney on the East Coast, but obviously the distance between them is big. So yeah, um, but then he went to yeah. university in Melbourne. Kind of following on from that, I wanted to ask you, it, when
0: people ask, where are you from? Do you find that a really hard question to answer? Um, Cause I know I do. Or like, I know, not not necessarily racially, but in terms
2: of like belonging, identity, language, like all of that. Yeah, so I think I usually tend to answer, especially coming to university when I was meeting everyone sort of in freshers, that kind of time, I would just say from Brighton, like from down south, yeah. because I knew that that's sort of what they were asking, like where did you go to school, mm. where did you grow up? Um, and it usually takes, I don't usually say I'm German straight off the bat unless it kind of let people get to know me because I feel like I don't sound German and Mm. people would find that really strange and then you really have to like launch into it all yeah so I think for simplicity's sake I usually just say I'm from from down Mm -hmm. here from Brighton but I definitely feel German as well so sometimes it feels weird just saying that yeah
0: yeah Yeah. I I agree I would say like I don't want to suddenly give my whole backstory but I always feel like I'm (laughs) I feel like my French side is, like, crying out at me when I say, oh, I'm from Brighton, like, I'm English. I always feel like I've betrayed half of half of me or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Is, there, is there part of you, then, that feels really connected to, like, your German roots and your German culture? And do you think that's, like, amplified by the, the fact that you can speak the language or maybe because you've been more times and spent longer there because it's obviously closer than Australia?
2: Yeah, I definitely think I feel that side a lot more. And I think probably it is partly because I speak the language and I speak it with my mum And I speak with my grandparents and that kind of differentiates it from England. Um, And I have spent a lot more time out there as well. Um, And there's just, I think, maybe the cultural differences, they're not massively pronounced because obviously they're relatively similar as countries. Mm. But I'd say there are more differences or more sort of things specific to Germany or the culture compared to England versus Australia. So maybe that kind of... sort of makes it a bit different as well. Um and I yeah, I definitely do do feel quite connected to my mum's side of the family and the German yeah. side of the family.
0: Obviously, like do you consider yourself English at all? Cuz I know you like you've lived here like basically your whole life, but in terms of nationality, um you know, your your dad's Australian, your mum's German. Like do you do you would you consider yourself English or or like not really?
2: I generally don't because I don't technically have citizenship and I don't have a passport. So it feels weird saying I am, but then obviously people hear me and they're like, oh, well, you sound really English, so how do you not feel it? Um, and obviously I do feel connected to England as a country because I grew up here, all my friends are from mm-hmm. here, you know, but I just, I don't usually answer that I am English because yeah. I suppose technically I'm not when it comes yeah. down to it.
1: Yeah. Is there a part of you that kind of guess like, Feels frustrated when you had to do that whole freshest thing and people were like, Oh, yeah, and you'd be like, Oh, I'm fr- like, I'm from England, like, I'm from Brighton. Is there part of you that's like, I'm like, frustrated having to say that, or because, like, what is your status in the UK then?
2: Uh, so, I applied for um, settled status when they announced okay. that the nationals would have to do that. So, I've got settled status now, so indefinite leave to remain. Um, and at some point, I probably will apply for a British passport, especially because. Um, of tuition fees potentially for masters and things i don't want to end up paying international fees but that's a whole different story um but yeah so in freshers i don't think it wasn't i don't think it was frustrating as such um i think because i knew what people were asking more like or like where have you come from like what was you know you can get quite a lot yeah knowing just where people grew up and went to school um so i don't like it wasn't frustrating as such i just find it i think a lot of people I find it interesting when people find that out later on and they're quite surprised by it in a way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's obviously yeah.
0: like a big part of you, but it often doesn't come out until like, I don't know, maybe the fourth or fifth time someone meets you and then it's like, yeah. wait, there's a whole other side to her that I didn't know. And then like, I mean, I guess... even people in our friendship group like didn't know you were like half Australian and not even British technically until like quite recently.
1: I guess this is a question to both of you, but I guess when you go to university, Is there a part of you that feels like you noticeably, like part of like what your German or your French like suffers and then when you come back home, it's like quite rusty or like hard to get back into or it doesn't feel as natural. Like, does that happen?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like it does. I mean, I like Hannah will FaceTime my parents and like make the effort to FaceTime in French and like I always text my mum in French. Um... And I try to make the effort also to read French news and kind of listen to French podcasts to try and like keep it going but it's definitely a bit of like I'll just be used to speaking English and because I'm so comfortable in English it is my first language that often I'll find myself having to make the conscious decision to speak French and then it will take a few days to for it to become more natural um which I find frustrating because a big part of me almost feels more connected to France and French culture but I feel like I can't say that because I've never lived in
2: France. And in France, I would be an imposter. I speak French with a bit of a British accent. No, it's definitely similar for me. Um, I think, I mean, my mum sends me sort of articles in German. I try mm. to read in German where I can watch German TV, those kind of things. Do you find that Do you find um, that hard
1: to make that like conscious that's... effort to be like, oh, okay, I, is it ever like, oh my God, I have to read
2: this article in German today? Or is it something that you like enjoy doing? Usually not. Um it's usually not that much of an effort in that sense so if I read a German book or a German TV show, that's because I genuinely want to read it or watch it um and then the articles is usually to be fair that's usually my mum's sending me them so I won't make a super conscious effort to kind of find the German article um yeah but it's good because it does uh, yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't look for that otherwise and she kind of yeah. sends me ones that she thinks I might find interesting
1: I find, fa- I just find it really fascinating growing up because obviously in my household we grew up all speaking English I always find it really interesting because you both have parents like obviously different nationalities so what was it like growing up in households where there were like two languages going on, but one parent doesn't understand what the other parent's saying? For me, my dad did
0: Spanish and no French and German at uni, so he spoke. He speaks really good French. Um, so but it was like that's one of the reasons they moved to England was because my mum's French was my English wasn't as good, so it was like a way for her to improve her English. Um, me in the middle now, my mum's English is way better than my dad's French is, really? um, which is funny, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Hannah, but we would often, like my dad would speak to me in English so that I could learn the English. My mum would speak to me in French and I think you just, it was just fine. That was just the norm. I didn't know anything else. So I just was like, cool.
2: Yeah, um, so that was the same with me, like learning the languages. I just have one, I I assume so. I mean, I guess I was so young, I don't really remember kind of the first Mm -hmm. stages of learning, but but still now my mum will speak to me in German, my dad will speak to me in English and they also speak, to each other in their own languages so like my dad will speak to my mum in English and she'll answer in German oh, I love um, that which oh, I love people that come round they sort of stand there and they're like what is going on I love that my parents um, don't do that which I <laughs> which makes me sad <laughs> um but yeah so that works quite well so my dad did learn German um and obviously my mum lives and work or lives and worked here so her English is like flawless so. and the only sort of confusing thing was when I guess maybe I had some of the things when I was little, but when my brother Leo was growing up, so he's my younger brother, um, he, like one of his first words was cow, but it wasn't like the animal cow, it was a mix between car and then the German for car, which is Auto. So we kind of just like merged them and he'd like pointing at cars on the street and be like cow, cow, because I guess that was almost, cause he was getting kind of the words from both languages wow. taught to him
0: is it well I don't know about you Han but when I was younger at like nursery and reception level I used to just speak a bit of French you know and the teachers would be like to my parents quite often she spoke a bit of French today um no one really knew what she was saying but yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not sure I did that actually I don't know I have to ask my parents I haven't heard anything
1: <laughs> she spoke some yeah. French we all kind of ignored her and then we all just moved on <laughs>
2: Well, cool, because I found
0: my report cards from, like, nursery and reception, and it was, like, Emma spoke French today. Um, She seemed to be excited about getting her kitten or something. Oh. <laughs> <was> just,
1: like, <laughs> when you uh, when you guys were growing up then, and, like, you were a bit older, let's say, like, teenagers, and you go through those, like, really weird teenage years, was there ever a part of you then that then didn't want to speak German or French or, like like rejected that kind of part of you because you wanted to I don't know because I know kids at school it's like Mm -hmm.
0: it's so weird
1: about like if you're if you're anything different Different, yeah um was there any part of you then that like was like oh I I can't don't want to speak German I don't want to speak French
2: I think not for me in that sense I think the only thing I did have was periods where I'd get really frustrated that I couldn't express myself as fluently as I wanted to and that would put me off speaking it, and I think especially at school because I was surrounded by people speaking English all day, every day, and I'd come mm-hmm. home and I'd find it really frustrating when I couldn't say exactly what I wanted to say or when like a few yeah. words were missing to say what I was trying to express to my mum. And then I would just sort of switch into English completely um and sort of almost out of protest with myself, being like, right, I'm not gonna speak German because it's annoying me and yeah. e- English is easier. Um mm-hmm. And obviously my dad and my brother both speak English to me so Mm. it was easy to just kind of ignore that so it wasn't I don't think I ever really had the I don't want to just because it's different but it was more Mm. just sometimes I still get it sometimes where I get really frustrated but now I try to be more rational about it and I'm like no you know just find that word that you're trying to say and and remember it for next
0: time yeah well I mean at school like before going to Brighton with you Han I mean I don't know if this was just my experience but a lot of kids were like Not, like, they never bullied me about being French, but they just, like, there were loads of, like, teasing about, like, oh, you eat frog's legs, or, like, you eat snails, or Yeah, kids are so stupid. I used to be embarrassed about being half French. So it was me (coughs) and one other girl, uh, Ava, we were both half French, and we, like, I used to try and just hide it, or, like, I'd speak French at home, but keep it very much at home, and then at school, I'd just try and, like, bury myself in the corner at French class and, like, hope nobody, like, looked my way.
2: Yeah, which I think so that's good. the the hard thing is that you obviously had French lessons as well, whereas my mm-hmm. school never did German. So I guess, it, I mean, I did it like separately, but yeah. it wasn't a common, something that was offered commonly. So maybe that yeah. kind of helped as well, because it was just a language that no one else had really mm-hmm. any association with. Um, yeah. Although obviously I did, like, people do make comments because of Germany's history, whatever, like that was yeah. a whole separate thing. Um, but right. I just kind of, you know...
0: That, so. and I feel like people would assume like because you're German or because you're French or whatever that like if there's if they, they'd assume you'd know everything about the culture or the country or the language and then if you didn't know how to say something or you didn't know about a music yeah. history or something that had happened they'd be like oh well you can't call yourself French if you don't know about this and I'm like well, there are, I'm sure I could name loads of things about British history that you don't know.
1: So yeah. speaking a second language, I like even just speaking Spanish, the most annoying thing is when someone's like, Oh my god, you speak this language. Well, can you say this? Can you say this phrase? Yeah. Can you say this phrase? And like if you don't know like one word and also someone putting you on the pre- on the spot like that always like makes on you like spot. really feel yeah. like pressurized. And I can't even think. And then like... Literally. <laughs> Oh dear. I hate so that. true
0: though. But that's
1: like my my fear in this like post Brexit world is the fact that people like, by essentially closing us off from, like, the EU, it's going to, like, discourage people from wanting to, like, explore new cultures yeah. and speak new languages. And it's making very mm. much, like, a claustrophobic kind of microcosm just in, mm. like, Britain that's like, oh, look, this mm. is, like, just our culture and, like, it makes travel to other countries so much more difficult. I worry that people yeah. aren't going to have that, like, drive to learn languages because at the moment, like, speaking other language is so cool. And like trendy. I think that's like so yeah. great that we're all getting like our hot girl scholars on and speaking like two languages. <laughs> and like it's a good trend. But I just worry that it's not going to last.
2: I think also partly because speaking a language at school, like, a lot of people found it quite interesting that we were bilingual, I guess. Like not not like it was super cool or anything, but they just a lot of people find it interesting to be able to speak two languages because it's not that common in yeah Britain to learn yeah well I mean I suppose people in Wales learn Welsh and people in Mm. well I don't know about Northern Ireland but obviously Republic of Ireland a lot of them learn uh Gaelic at school but or Irish at school but I think I don't know if that's gonna get even yeah basically I I don't know if that's gonna mean that people are even more discouraged from learning languages whereas in Europe speaking two languages isn't normally as unusual sort of because a lot of people learn english in school and they learn it to a really high level or they learn a different language um Mm -hmm. so yeah basically i agree i wonder if that means that even fewer people are going to be encouraged to learn languages or or yeah how that's going to look in the future i mean it's just like i know so because obviously the um
0: the uk kind of pulled out of the erasmus funding kind of scheme, but they did launch their own, apparently there's, apparently there's more money and more funding for it. So I kind of, originally I was like, oh, this just shows that they're discouraging learning languages. Now I don't really know where I stand on it because whatever. Um, But just the, like the whole harking back to like, oh, splendid isolation, like we're better off as an island without the like connections to other countries. It's just like, it really just solidifies the idea that they think, or, like, the idea that Britain is the best, like, English is the best language, um, we don't have to make an effort. I mean, there's Mm. the stereotype of Brits abroad, isn't there, where you don't speak the language, you just kind of go for, like, a boozy bender and don't make any contribution to the culture or any attempt. And it frustrates me, because obviously I am half English, like, I'm associated with that, but also I'm, like, I promise, like, I make an effort, and I don't know, I think it's such a shame that languages aren't pushed so much.
1: I think... I think it's approaching like I don't know because it's like on an an exponential like rise at the moment. Like speak like speaking languages is cool. Like it's exactly what everyone wants to do, mm. but then
0: employability. Yeah, but like
1: as soon <laughs> as travel stops or as soon as like countries are a lot more concerned or companies are a lot more concerned with employing people from their like own nation. Like I know a girl yeah. who studied um, like French at uni and then tried to get a job in a French hotel. And like speaks French fluently, but then now can't get that job because they're just um, like employing French people. Um, And obviously Mm -hmm. visas are harder, and they just want to like as Britain are going to try and keep it like British, they just want to keep it French as well. So I think you want to have these like I think it's going to drop off, and then my fear is that like you say, it's going to become so isolated, and it's going to be like well like we're British, so we don't need anyone else's Mm -hmm. culture. When in fact like we all know from the last year that learning from other people and other cultures is like the only way we can learn. It just makes me so angry.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking about Brexit and like post-Brexit kind of landscape, I was gonna ask you, Han, if, I mean, this is more like what my mum's experience, I don't know about whether your mum's experience, whether you have, but my mum was saying she's like never felt so unwanted in in Britain um, or in England, (sighs) especially, as when like Brexit happened and afterwards and, because my mum still has a French accent and like she'd speak Mm. and, she, like, she'd say there's definitely been a rise in people kind of look looking at her as if she doesn't belong here or, like, treating her differently because of the way she speaks. And I was just wondering, like, have you felt that or has your mum felt that? Obviously, you speak perfect English and, like, your mum does too, but I don't know, like, what your feelings are on that, basically.
2: Yeah, so I think I haven't as such probably because of my accent that people wouldn't yeah. know unless I kind of stated it. Um... My mum does have a German accent still. Um, she hasn't sort of said anything to me. I mean, I think she sent, not towards her specifically, like I think she mm. sent the sort of political atmosphere generally getting more no. hostile in that sense. Um, but she she doesn't work in, in England anymore. Actually, she works in Germany. Um, so I don't, I mean, that was for various reasons. But obviously I think maybe she would have felt it more if she was still kind of in the working environment. Yeah. Um, who knows? It is such a shame
0: though. And like, I guess just, a, there are a lot more like backhanded comments about, you know, foreigners and I don't know, things like that, like, oh, get out of our country or whatever. And so even if it's not, you know, if if people wouldn't aim it at me because, you know, I have an English accent, I am half English and I've lived here my whole life. Like, I still get hurt by those because I'm like, well, that's, you're speaking about my mum then and you are speaking about like half of me. And... I don't know, yeah. like it is, I, I don't know if you ever feel that way if people talk about Brexit or anything political like that and those kind of comments like kind of hit
2: you. Yeah, definitely. I am, um, I remember a few years back, I think it was at school, I tagged a friend in some comment on Facebook. It was, I don't know, people were commenting all sorts of xenophobic stuff, whatever. And mm-hmm. I tagged a friend saying, sort of as a joke, being like, oh, this is why Europeans like have come to resent the British or whatever yeah and someone like replied to my comment being like well if you don't like it like you can go back to where you came from that kind of thing so I feel like that I mean it's fine you know it's a Facebook comment like I said something that was kind of a generalization as well um but that kind of thing has definitely increased um I also feel like we're quite privileged in the sense that countries like Germany and France aren't as looked down upon as other European countries so I guess a lot that we don't normally face the brunt of xenophobia in that sense yeah um, yeah so i don't think there's been sort of things that have personally been targeted towards like mm. me or yeah but yeah. when people sort of make xenophobic comments in general or definitely some of the narratives around brexit um that i've heard can they do affect me anyway because i'm like one well, part yeah. of that yeah. as a whole um, mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, like, it can be quite malicious. So do you, th- yeah. do you think
1: as this, like, post-Brexit, like, world becomes more apparent, part of you will, like, want to reject, like, England as a home or a home that you've known for so long?
2: Slightly. Like, not, not completely, but I do... I think it's kind of made me have a bit more... I don't even know what the word is. Like sort of, like, pride, but from a place of, like, mm. like, we're good, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to put yeah. us down. Uh, like, of of being German, yeah. sort of, in like, a way. Yeah. Like, that was mm. expressed really badly. No, but, but totally no, I understand what, what you mean, mean yeah. It, the, it,
0: these are kind of feelings that are really hard to verbalise, I feel. Um, yeah. But I get what you mean. It's it's also, it's kind of a bit of like retaliation, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah. like, my, like, this this part of me and, like, this part of so many other people, like, their culture, their language, their home, like, matters. You can't just, like, say that they don't and they don't belong.
1: I guess because you guys have passports and the ability to live in, like, Germany or France or Australia, Mm. do you think, like, is there part of you that when you're able to you'll want to leave England or, like, like, do you feel any connection to staying in the UK or do you think that when you have, like, the chance you'll try and live abroad in your native countries
2: i think one of the only things that sort of holds me back from wanting to live in germany i mean for starters i am really settled in the uk because i've grown up here all my friends are here and i'm assuming most of them will sort of stay um so that is definitely something that ties me here but one of the things that's holding me back most until well it still does is the feeling that I'm not, like, German enough to live in Germany, that I'd, that I'd have to, that it'd be really Mm -hmm. hard for me to adjust because my German's fluent but not in a working environment, that I'm, yeah, it's just that feeling of not quite being enough to move there seamlessly. Like, I feel the exact same about France and French, and, like, that's
0: one of the things that, like, I really want to live there at least for a year after uni, but part of me is like well I don't know if I can because my French isn't working French like it's it's bilingual it's you know it's one of my mother tongues but it's not working level and I will always well at the moment I speak it with a slight English accent like I will always be an imposter there even though I feel so like connected to it um but but I also think that like spent like after a month there I would already feel like so much more connected to it so I think it's like one of those things we I will just have to push myself out of my comfort zone yeah and like fully immerse myself and be ready to do that and then it will be like okay I do
1: think languages as well is all about a confidence thing like as soon as you kind of put a like past that feeling of what what is everyone else going to think so when I first Mm. moved to Spain and I was like picking up the language and I would like I didn't really have a choice but to speak because none of my family could Mm -hmm. so if there was like things that needed doing or like calls that needed making, like I had to do them, I had to like, I had to like be the one to kind of just speak it. Whereas like my sister, kind of had that comfort blanket and I remember she, like she said that she was felt so kind of scared and like on edge to speak it because she was like oh I don't know like I don't want to sound like British and weird mm-hmm. but then yeah. the locals appreciate it so much more when you try it and like when you exactly. speak it and as soon as you get over like that confidence thing of yourself and I think li- like living in the country surrounding yourself with people who speak it like with like that like with an accent like in Spain like with like an Andalusian accent like it mm-hmm. automatically forces you to kind of like put on like kind of perform a bit that's kind of what it feels yeah. like yeah <laughs> I definitely
0: think part of being bilingual or just like speaking other languages is a performance like I mean even being here in Spain for the month month like I've you know I don't want to you don't want to act pretentious but also you want to like put the accent on and yeah. like make yourself integrate
2: more so it's also yeah.
1: fun yeah.
2: It is fun. It really, really is fun. It's really fun picking up like little phrases or like colloquial yeah. things that are said in Lit- Colloquialism. Like, I love that. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm native, in with the I'm trends. <laughs> literally. literally.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I I wanted to ask you as well, like, um, and even like you, also you, know I'd be interesting to hear about your perspective with Spain. Like, how to what extent do you think language is like a barrier to belonging versus like a way of belonging? Like, like. Where does the line kind of lie? Because in a lot of countries, if they speak a different language, I feel like at least my experience is if you speak a, that language to a certain degree, you it's a way of feeling more assimilated to that culture. But equally, if you've got, like, a British accent or you don't speak it super fluently, like, it can also be a way of being kind of marked as different and, like, feeling a bit, like, excluded.
1: No, I think it's a really interesting question because I think that sense of belonging is something that, like being British and like even though I I wasn't coming directly from England like I was coming from Dubai to Spain like I didn't really feel it in Dubai at all like like not Mm. speaking Arabic was never like a problem because it's so westernized out there which is such like a shame but like you obviously don't need Arabic in everyday conversation yeah moving to Spain where like I was in the like not in the playground but like in school with people and like they'd be having like their own private chats in Spanish or they'd be swearing in Spanish or they'd be like Spanish was so much more integrated like into Mm -hmm. my life and the fact that I couldn't speak it when I first got there always made me feel like okay I really want to or I feel like I don't belong or and then you'd I'd kind of like gravitate towards like English people which you can see like why that happened and why people like like British people gravitate to other British people um just because like, you don't, you, you never want to feel, like, isolated and on the outside and feel like you don't belong. But then as soon as I, like, started, like, that I, one of my first friend groups, there was, like, someone who was Spanish, someone who was Italian, someone who was Dutch, French. And there was, like, a whole group of us. And I was the only English. So multicultural. So was, I was, like, yeah, the only English it. person in my friend group. And that was amazing because mm-hmm. there was all these conversations going on that were just in completely different languages. Yeah. And then the common language became Spanish, like, out of Spanish. all of us. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, and as soon as like I kind of got over the embarrassment of like, ju- like just speak. Like it, you're better off mm. speaking and having a go and like messing up yeah, than then sitting being, on the outside. Out. Because yeah. I think because that's all they. I found that the way I, like felt like I belonged more to Spanish culture was when I just gave it a go. Like you realize there are parts of culture that you can like combine like your British side and like this whole new other culture yeah. that you're picking up, and I think that's when it. The whole idea of living in Spain became more exciting because that I think that took me like about two years to kind of get the hang of because two years in Dubai wasn't Mm. long enough I was just kind of searching for like all the British like stuff I could find whereas as soon as I moved to Spain and I was like okay hang on this is actually really cool if I like take on this different culture instead of like look for everything British and try and make myself like find an England in Spain which was never gonna happen
2: I feel like yeah you're definitely more equipped to speak on that because you did move to a country where you had to learn the language when you went there so you actually Mm -hmm. have like first-hand experience of that I feel like a lot of it is like you said just putting yourself out there and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and I think sometimes I feel like the majority of people aren't intentionally exclusive like as long as you make an attempt you can sort of fit in in that sense Mm -hmm. like people will be happy to include you if they can see that you're that you're trying um but yeah no it's kind of hard to say because obviously if I when I go over to Germany I can sort of speak and meet people without too many problems when you go over
1: there on holiday to like Germany when you stay with your grandparents do people know you don't haven't you're not living there full time
2: yeah no most of the time no um and then sometimes I'll say there's been like one once or twice where I've said like oh we're from we're from England because when people ask me over there like where are you from we're like oh well mm. my, my dad was like well my wife's German I'm Australian we live in England and everyone's like oh um, <laughs> no but uh, so when they say where I'm from I'll say England and then I've had like one or two people before be like oh like your accent's like almost perfect and then other people Aww. have said well yeah but like fair enough you know and then other people have said oh, like, I would never have known, oh, you know? Scary. So I think most of the time people can't tell. Yeah. What about you, Emma, when you speak French? I feel French? like,
0: yeah, I mean, I think I definitely, I don't think my accent's awful at all, but I think if if I spoke French, people would definitely, like, be able to tell that I either am part English or I've lived here for a while. Um. I mean, even my mum, Some like, sometimes, I can't hear it, but sometimes she speaks French, and, like, at restaurants, someone would be like, oh, like, vous avez un tout petit accent, like, you've got a tiny English accent, and my mum, my mum gets offended, she's like, well, I'm fully French, <laughs> i lived there I'm like French! <laughs> yeah, um, but I do think I'm also my own worst, like, harshest criticizer because I'll be like, oh, I'm not good enough, or, like, my, you know, my accent must be awful, or this, but I, I, I would go to France, and we'd spend, like, a month there, kind of, every summer, and I'd maybe go horse riding and I'd meet loads of girls and they'd be like, oh, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known you or, or I'd say I'm from England but like half French. So they'd be like, oh, your French is like amazing, like considering mm. you've never lived here. And I
1: was like, oh, like thanks, that's really nice. Yeah, like whenever there's like Spanish people and you like hear them like in the UK and like, I'll randomly like be like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like Spanish and they're like. Whoa, mm. oh my god like and then they'll always say yeah. like your accent is so good and I'm like oh, yeah guys stop it they, and then they, I they'll just, say that about me in Spain and I'm like really yeah oh, gracias <laughs> literally literally I just feel like it's it's like, I think you're right you're just always your like worst critic always and I think yeah. when languages especially like if you you know even when like you're I don't know in somewhere in England and you go somewhere and you feel like you don't belong that's like Always think when you're like, Yeah, I, I, I feel so uncomfortable, and like, mm. I really don't want to do this, and that's just like, you know, your own worst fears make like you act so differently. Yeah. So, then if you Definitely. amplify that in like another country with a different language,
2: mm. yeah, like the yeah. amount of times I've just stayed quiet or like said as if as possible, just because I'm like conscious of the fact Nervous, that I could yeah. like. Yeah, the grammar slightly wrong or like get grammar misspeak or, or like word. get to the middle of my sentence yeah. and be like, right, I only know that word in English, so where do I go from here? um But it's then, But so like, people are happens. always so nice. Like I feel like yeah. we are, like you said, we're definitely our own harshest critics, and people,
1: mm. like
2: no one's really looking for something mean to say about you speaking a yeah. different language, you know. And I'm sure most people have heard worse. So sometimes I'm like, right, Hannah, just just go for it. Yeah, literally
1: back yourself. I always wonder, when you're speaking, like, German or French at home, do your parents ever, like, call you out on, like, if you say something wrong? And does that annoy you? Um, I mean, my mum
0: often doesn't. I will, it will take me asking her, I'll I'll say a word, and I won't know if I've said it right, and I'll be like, mum, is that right? And she's like, she's like, yeah, or she'll be like, oh, oh no, it's this, I'm like, can you tell me when I say something wrong? But then whenever she corrects me, sometimes I get a bit defensive, so so I guess it's a lose-lose for my (laughs) mum.
2: Yeah, it was definitely when I was younger, like I was saying earlier, when I'd get more Mm. frustrated, and then if she did correct me, I'd be like, just angry. Like not at her, just I'd be Mm. like, Oh, like how do I not know that? Mm. And then now, I for a long time now she doesn't usually correct me so I usually have to ask and be like oh what's this word like I'll just say it in English like I'll go into like the mix of like German English mm. I'll be like oh how do you say that in German and then she'll tell me and now I'm like can you just correct me please like I want to know when I'm yeah. saying something wrong <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um it's a shame because I think when I was younger I really took for granted being bilingual and just like Because we lived in England, sometimes I would reply to my mum in English, my mum would speak to me in French, and then now I'm, like, the one making the conversation in French and being, like, can you reply to me in French, not English, you know? Um, Yeah, but c'est la vie. It's amazing you go
1: in those, like, shifts where, like, speaking like another language is like so uncool and it's suddenly like so cool like you literally just want to like immerse yourself and it's like yeah like Mm. I'm German and Australian or like I'm French and English (laughs) like and it's suddenly this like whoa because like when I meet people now who are like from so many different countries it's just like I think it's the coolest thing ever and I think the Mm. fact that you've been experienced like in one household you've had like german australian living in england just like blows my mind to think like what your childhood must have been like and i just find same as you i'm
2: like french english like i just find it's fascinating and even then i feel like out of all the like cultural mixes out there like ours aren't the most exciting do you know what i mean yeah i feel like like there's some people out there that i meet yeah like there's some people i meet and i'm like wow like it's just amazing how they must have grown up because they've got all these like yeah. different languages like some people speak like three four five languages mm. have all different nationalities so I just yeah I think it's so cool
1: yeah I, yeah. yeah respect your languages if you're listening like oh my yeah, god I love
0: it. and own them be proud of them yeah um, I had a friend at yeah. I
1: had a friend at school who spoke seven languages like that's crazy just oh
0: my god. I
2: don't oh even gosh. know
1: how that happened <laughs> I know
0: obviously I feel like I need to say because we've just been speaking about language and identity like I know that like race and like the question of where you're from is like a big topic and we haven't mm. spoken about that because like we're not really equipped to speak about that but obviously I want the listeners to like know that um like I'm aware that where where are you from is like a very loaded question yeah, it's like very um, charged as well yeah very charged and it's not just like about language it's also about race and about ethnicity and so many other things and I know that like, I might say, oh, you know, post Brexit landscape. Like, my mum doesn't feel so welcome. I know that people with different coloured skin would like feel even less welcome. And like, there's as like Hannah you mentioned with xenophobia. Like, there's even kind of more of an emphasis on that. But, mm-hmm. um, but I still I did want to speak a tiny bit more about identity and like, um, we've kind of touched upon it. But, um, I need, like, May I? I want to know what you like how tied you may feel to Spain and also like in the future, like maybe where. Um, like, where you see yourself, but does, like, your experience with being able to speak another language um, and, like, a kind of living either in that culture or, like, in the country or with a parent that is kind of part of that culture, does it make you, like, nostalgic for, like, what could have been if you'd lived there or carried on living there? Or, um, and does it, like, make you ever feel like you've kind of got, like, an identity crisis? Like, you're not one, you're not the other. Like, what
1: are you? I think... I think it's a tricky one because i m- leaving the uk it was always something like i really really didn't want to do like i'm such like a homebird, mm-hmm. like i like stability and like ugh, i hate anything changing especially that's like out of my control that i'm not gonna like, i don't know what's gonna happen so i was like very very like apprehensive about leaving the uk in the first place um And now, like, looking back on it, it is, like, the best thing that, like, we ever could have done. And I would recommend, like, anyone who has the opportunity to, to, like, experience another culture to, like, take it with both hands. Um, I think in terms of, like, identity, I think... Like, I'm obviously, like, British through and through. Like, British British and Irish through and through. Like, I think I struggle with where I see home as because a lot of... My like teenage years were spent like in Dubai and then in Spain and then obviously we moved to Edinburgh for uni. Yeah. So I don't really and like in the UK like I don't really have like a family home like I, don't, I we don't have the home that like I've always grown up in or like I've always been around. So I think I don't when people say like like where's home or like I I never really know like what to say and like when I when yeah. I mean, when I came to Edinburgh and I was like oh I live in Spain and people were, like you live in Spain like. What mm. like and obviously I say this as like one re- of like reference like as a white woman like I know that this is just like on the very very surface level of identity and that race mm. comes obviously like a whole like another like set of challenges and burdens that people are carrying but I think being able to like know where home is is something that's like quite reassuring and it's always like quite weird yeah. when like people are like oh do you classify Cornwall as home which is like where I live now which like obviously I. Don't like it, this won't this won't be home. This is like somewhere that's just like temporary. Like I think when I think about like cause I know my sister thinks for Spain as home. She spent like most of her like her like teenage years like growing up years there. So she definitely classifies Spain as home. And I know when like when we left there, she found that really hard, and she always like I think a part of her will always want to go back. um I think a part of me wishes that we'd done it sooner, and that I'd kind of grown up, like I'd had more years like more younger years living in there because then I think my language would be a lot more like solidified and I'd maybe yeah. have like stronger connections to the country because I was only in school there for like four years so I kind of just did the whole like GCSE A level when people were kind of doing their own thing or like oh I want to move to England or I want to move here because they lived in Spain for longer I don't really know how to think I had a chance to appreciate the culture as much as I maybe would have liked um yeah but I think mm-hmm. it's something that I'm always say like I definitely want my kids to be able to speak two languages, and that I'll definitely try yeah. and like keep my Spanish mm-hmm. up so I can pass that on to them, and then definitely mm-hmm. live like if I can in a country abroad, like with them, so they can like speak like Spanish because yeah. I just think, like when when my sister and I are able to speak at home, I just think it's it's so amazing to think that like my family so that awesome. have got like such like a long history like of just being English like living in England, like. Mm-hmm to be, to think that like now we're in a household where there are two languages going on and that no one yeah. in my entire fa- like back family history could speak Spanish the fact that we can do yeah. that feels like like I'm really like rooting for a culture and I think part mm. of me will always feel like connected to Spain in that way yeah uh, I mean I don't know what well, you guys like do you like do you wish that you'd had years living in Australia or Germany or France or France
2: yeah so actually when you said that That's what my thought was. Like when you said that you wished you were there for longer, um, I was like, oh yeah, I wish I'd spent some years in Germany growing up as a kid. Like maybe when I was like relatively young. Yeah. I know the shift from like moving from one country to the other isn't always easy and comes with challenges. Um, But I just think it would, it probably would have solidified my feeling of belonging there a bit more in a way. Um, and also probably I'd be less insecure about my language ability at this point mm-hmm. if I kind of spent time surrounded yeah. by people my age. Um, so yeah, no, I think so. And then Australia is kind of a different question um, because it's so far away and obviously the language is the same. Um, yeah. There was a phase when my dad lived out there where there was the potential for m- us to move out there as well. Um, and I actually did go to a school open day when I went <gasps> to visit um, and then that didn't that didn't happen which at the time I was saying to Emma um, earlier, um, I was quite torn because I thought oh, it would be so cool to kind of experience living in a different country. Australia is obviously amazing. There's so much to see because it's so big, so much to do. Um, But at the same time, that would have been when I was about 15, 16. So it would have been sort of ripping me away from very solidly formed friendship groups and sort of between GCSEs and A-levels. So it was, yeah, I was torn. But um, I think that I don't, I don't really feel like I've missed out on that front, but I definitely, with hindsight, wish I could have lived in Germany for a few years yeah. when I was a kid.
0: Do you think? No, I would agree. Mm. I, like, when I was younger, always, not when I was younger, like, now, and, like, over the past, like, five years or so, I always I always say, like, oh, I wish I'd lived in France until, like, maybe been born there and lived there until I was, like, at least five or something. Yeah. And then, like, mm. come back. Because um, I think, as you say, it would have solidified my French and also, I'd have had that experience living there. Like, I've never had the experience living there. And, like, that's partly why I want to live there after uni, at least for a year, just because mm. I want to, like, find myself in France, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I know that's really cheesy, like, gap year saying, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask Hannah a question. Do you find that you can differentiate between English and Australian? Like, England being your home and Australian being your nationality, or do you think because they're kind of the same language like, it's easier to kind of have, like, a German-English distinction rather than, like, an Australian-English?
2: Yeah, I think the distinction in my head's sort of clearer between Germany and England because of the different languages. Yeah, I feel like I also can't distinguish between them that much because I haven't spent that much time there, maybe. Yeah. Um So I'm not that connected to it. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, it's a really good question. I know. I know someone who is also half French and she
0: um, went to like a bilingual primary school um, in England. It was like where they half the lessons were taught in French and half were taught in Whoa, English. Whoa,
1: I didn't even know they existed.
0: Yeah, they exist. They're rare, but they exist. And there's a Spanish one near, very near where I live, literally like a 10 minute walk away in Hove. Yeah. Um, and so if I end up living in England in the future, I'm definitely sending my kids to a bilingual like school, at least for primary school, because I just think it's incredible.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think I think like you say it's funny that all of us have said that we wish like when we were children we would have picked it up more because mm. I think like you you don't have those same inhibitions when you're a kid like you just speak and like whatever comes out yeah. like it it's it, I mean it just shows how like it all just changes around just like social pressure and just like yeah. your own kind of inhibitions like and, and I think yeah. kids
0: you also just learn so intuitively when yeah you're a but yeah. also you
1: just you just speak like if you want to be friends with someone like. It doesn't matter, like, if, I don't know if you guys have known, but, like, on holiday where you go to, like, I don't know, kids' clubs when you're, like, six and, like, you make friends with, like, so yeah. many different languages and it doesn't matter that you can't understand each other to, like, mm. communicate. I just think it's it's so pure.
2: Yeah, and I think also part of the reason I wish it was when I was younger is because I would have probably found it harder as I got older. Um, yeah, Just kind definitely. of fitting in where, it's, like you said, when you're younger, you just kind of, you just go for it because yeah. you don't have that same consciousness of sort of language and language barriers you just sort of yeah Mm. you just speak um so yeah I think kind of in in the younger years would have been a really valuable time to go
1: I think I think it's what you said as well Hannah I think there's always that fear as well when you're older that you're like ripping people away from fully formed friendships or from like key years like GCSE A-level years like like things are gonna matter. I know when we jarring. when we were moving, it was such a strain. Like when we left Dubai, we had to leave when we did. Like we all said, we would have wanted another year, but we had to leave when we did because I was just about to start GCSEs, and you obviously couldn't move right. in between. So like there was constant yeah. that like time pressure to feel like I, I think that's why like I didn't fully fit into like it, it took me a while to fit into kind of like um, like foreign culture because. There was always, I was always trying to keep with, like, the UK timeline of GCSEs, yeah. A-levels, university. Yeah. So whilst trying to appreciate other cultures as well, as well, I don't think that worked at all.
0: I don't know but where the future will take us, but I'm sure it will be
1: interesting. So, well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us on, like, that chat. Before we finish um we usually do like a weekly gratitude kind of like a win for the week just to like so we can just all share some good news whilst we're all stranded in different countries and different parts of the world um so do you have anything that you'd like to share with us um that is something good this this happened this week
2: yeah so when I was thinking about a few days ago I really was hoping that I'd be able to say that Germany was through to the quarterfinals of the Euros, but unfortunately, I I cannot use that as my win of the week. That's my strong loss of the week. Um, No, But uh, but I am, so a lot of my friends are are still at uni or have still been at uni because obviously Edinburgh finishes quite early, exams and everything. Um, Mm. So I haven't really been able to see anyone. And then one of my friends is back now um, and I met her for coffee on tuesday what day is it today yeah tuesday um and that was really nice and it was especially nice to see her because i haven't seen her in a really really long time um so kind of seeing someone face to face with coffee was was really lovely and catching up on a lot so yeah oh i love that
0: so wholesome (laughs) so wholesome Uh, what about you maya
2: um
1: mine is well wimbledon started on monday and it's just like my favorite thing in the world and i've been watching it like in between, like, my work shift, and it's, and it's just been the best. So mm. mine is just watching Wimbledon. It always feels yeah. like summer's, like, here. and it does,
0: doesn't it? When summer's here when Wimbledon's yeah. here. Yeah, and it's just the <laughs> yeah. fact
1: it's just been great oh. watching it. Like, so much sport, like, with, like, the Euros and, like, with Wimbledon, there's been so much sport happening. Yeah. But, yeah, watching Wimbledon's um, always a highlight. I love it. Yeah. So what about you, em?
0: Um So since it's our last week in Madrid, sad react, um... <laughs> Rach and I went to a rooftop bar on <sighs> Tuesday. All right, maybe for Wednesday. I can't remember. Amazing. <laughs> it literally. Did. It was incredible. Like, so I've been search- doing a bit of research, and I thought, oh, it's not too far from us. Like, it's not the elevator fee to get up wasn't too expensive, like three or four euros or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cocktails don't look too expensive either. So I was like, oh, let's give this one a go. Arrived. There was like quite a long queue, and I was like, oh, fuck. Didn't realize it was this popular. We only ended up queuing for like 25 minutes, which wasn't too bad. Um, and then we got up and it was incredible. Like we were in time for the sunset, which was so beautiful. The vibe was amazing. The drinks were so like tasty. And it was just like, I was like, wow, this is what it must feel like to be in Gossip Girl, to have, you know, to have that money. I was living the life. Oh. Uh, at least for two hours or so. But yeah, that was definitely a, a high of the week. Oh. But yeah. And then Hannah, do you have a recommendation for our listeners? Yeah, so I'm reading
2: two books at the moment, oh, um, and they're very girl. different from each other. Yeah. But I, because I was like, do I pick one? But I like, I want to recommend both of them. Um, so the first one, I mean, you might have read these anyway, um, but the first one is called *The Nickel Boys* by Colson Whitehead, and he also wrote *The Underground Railroad*, which you might have heard mm-hmm. of because um, he yeah. won a Pulitzer for that and he also won a Pulitzer for this one so he's wow. won twice now and it's about um, reform schools in sort of the Jim Crow era sa- southern United yeah. States um, and it's incredible like it's just an amazing book and Is it fiction
0: quite... or non-fiction?
2: It's fiction um, I yeah. don't know how much of it is based on obviously historically like accurate facts yeah. but um, the sort of uh, the actual story itself I believe as far as I'm aware is is fiction it's a novel um and yeah no it's a difficult read but it's really good um difficult as in thematically um but and then the other book is very different so it's a it's comedy fiction and it's called a short history of tractors in Ukrainian I said that weirdly but um yeah Uh, and it's by Marina Levitsa I think that's how you pronounce her name um and that's just yeah completely different really funny though um it's quite a fun book to read over summer kind of thing um and i'd really recommend
1: oh my god amazing wow those recommendations i have to add both my isolation book list what about you mayor what's your recommendation um this is definitely one that's like been said before i think but i've just started reading hamnet by maggie o'farrell um, I've, I've been so, like, my brain had been, like, all over the place, like, within the last, like, week and a half, and, like, I've been feeling, like, so just, like, on edge, and, like, on my days off, I, like, started a book, and it was just, like, the best for you, I and mean, you, your, your mind just feels, like, recalibrated, and, like, yeah, zen. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, this book's been really good. I'm, like, I've just oh, started it. it, but it's yeah. really good, so.
0: My mum loved it, so, and she's recommended it to me as well, so I have to get on that as well. Yeah.
1: What about you, Em?
0: So, mine's a bit more trivial than that, Um,
1: but... I love when you (laughs) lead with this.
0: (laughs) Well, Rach and I, basically, we kind of went... We trekked out to this, like, park slash, like, hill um, last weekend to see the sunset. And the sunset itself wasn't great, but it was just so beautiful, like, being there. Like, we had um, a couple drinks, and then we sat on this hill and just, like, watched the sun go down. It was really special, and just... Don't know I just thought I'd like recommend if you there's like a high higher point around you to like maybe go with a couple of drinks, maybe friend, family or by yourself and just like watch the sun go down. Yeah. That's
2: not trivial at all. Literally, that's <laughs> so no, but yours are both like books. And I so, know, but I was literally,
1: yeah. literally talking about how like my mind was just like on overdrive and I think that's like a lot of people are feeling that at the moment. It's like such a mm. weird, I don't know, lull where like it feels like everyone's doing like loads of stuff and people are maybe stressed because mm. like they're not traveling or not doing as much as everyone else. So I think appreciating what you have and making sure you take yeah. me time is um is, oh, i hate myself yeah. is um really important <laughs>
0: yeah hate it but love it as oh, well oh god i know oh well thank you so much han for coming on honestly i've wanted to talk about like bilingualism identity for so long
1: so really thank you so much though. like it's been such like fascinating conversations like hear your like thoughts and thank you for like sharing um, your sharing your story with us like sometimes I felt like it can be quite yeah. daunting
2: thank you so much for having me yeah no I mean it's not it's not that interesting in the grand scheme of things but it's been really nice to kind of talk about it and obviously both of you have like two I mean, bilingualism and then two kind of home experiences and yeah. two languages so it's been really interesting to talk about it with people who kind of are in the same boat well we will link everything in the show notes so
0: you can check out the recommendations um and we will see you next week for another
1: episode thank you so much for listening bye bye